Hi, um, this is Alyssa Bristow, and what my favorite thing is being with my family, because my family matters most, and I love them all. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of PJ and WH for Jangers and Wallhangers. I, Chris Bristow. Here I have Jim Leahy. That's me. Is this mic on? Uh-oh. The Lucas Sportsman is coming here. Joey Lucas has arrived in the building. His birthday's tomorrow. All right. Let's lay the facts down here. All right. So let's get started. We know you have a we know you have a good schedule. You know, you have to attend to. You have a uh, uh, an outing that you have to get to. So let's talk Let's talk some sports. Let's get that. Yeah, I'm about to buy my first legal beer at midnight. That should be a good feeling. That's that's the thing you should lead in with. Uh-oh. But um, I want to talk about Floyd Mayweather. I want to talk about how he feels the need to come at a guy that is outside his craft. He's not an MMA fighter. He wants to say he's an elephant, and he wants to say that Conor McGregor is an ant compared to him. To me, I think that's a joke. Because if, if it was a street fight, McGregor would probably, could potentially commit murder on Mayweather. I'm not going to, we're not going to get that graphic, but Mayweather. No, you can get that graphic. That's fine. Mayweather is a glorified dancer, and I give him credit. He sells his fights. He makes his money. He's a great businessman. Makes we a can, lot of money. He we'll knows how to promote. We'll put him in business weekly, but I don't want him think, claiming that he's some hard ass. He can he can get them jabs and he's he's got quick punches. Well, that's that's the game of boxing now. All guys do is jab and and run away and hope that they can get the most points at the end. That's that's what it comes down to. And he is the best at that. You he can't deny great. that. As far as raw boxing ability, you're not going to see anybody that just goes out there and smacks people in the no, mouth the anymore. Days, the that's days over. Of, the days of Foreman and Ali, outside and, of the ring street fight, and, McGregor, and Mayweather. Oh, McGregor in a heartbeat. McGregor, you know, he, he works with what he has. He he moves to what his competition is. Mayweather can go up against anybody and run away. I mean, that's he could go up against you or I and, you know, get a couple punches in and then back away from you. That's that's all his game is. So I agree. I, I think he, he's he's good at that. But he shouldn't be coming at a guy outside of boxing, in my opinion. Oh, he has to get his name relevant again. I mean, people haven't heard about him in a long time. His name hasn't been brought up. Business, business-wise, it probably is a good idea to get uh, McGregor. Well, I mean, with him. just just like with any other sport, the moment you talk retirement, you're not relevant anymore. That fight would probably, that probably would make the most money for both their careers that they're ever they're ever going to say. Oh well, yeah. I mean, look at. You know, Ronda Rousey, when she was at the top of her game, what did, you know, Vince McMahon do? Brought her into the WWE, biggest stage in the world, you know? And it, it was crossover, and everybody loved her in it. So you use what you have when you're there at the top. Like, it's all marketing. All of it is marketing. You and then EA grabbed her, and she lost. Well, well regardless. <laughs> regardless. But, you know, that, that happens. And everybody knew that was going to happen. That's why she was coddled, because she's 
she's a pretty face and she's she's good on the mic and you know people appeal to her and they appeal you know vice versa so it's that's the way it is with well leading up to that leading up to that she was doing more movies and and less actual training up to that point i mean it was still she was still dedicated to a point but she i think she was just spreading herself too thin it happens to everybody happens to everybody once you reach the top i mean you know look at tyson that's why he got soft guys don't leave at the top of their game anymore no, they don't. They don't. They, they they always stay for one fight. You stick with boxing. One fight long, too long, you know, and then you go out there and you get smacked in the mouth. Bernard Hopkins, one of the most respected fighters out of the city of Philadelphia, now looks like a joke whenever he goes out to the ring. He's in his mid-40s. Because he couldn't hang it up. Exactly. He didn't yeah. he, he didn't want to do that, and that, that's what happens. People want people want to go off in the sunset. That's the best way to do it because if you go off in the sunset, that's, you're leaving back a good legacy rather than people talking about. Is, my, is this mic on? Okay, I couldn't tell. Hold it up a little closer. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. But like, uh, was it Joe Montana going to play Kansas City? He wasn't. Wasn't at the top of his game in Kansas City. No, he wasn't. And uh, you know, but on the other flip side, you got John Elway. He did go out at the top, back-to-back Super Bowl champion, yeah. and he left. Same with Peyton Manning, technically out on top, but he wasn't. That's all defense. That one. Yeah, that yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but his audible and at the line and reading defenses to audible and the run and the pr- the right the right call was a big deal on that run. Oh, that's that's anything. I mean, the Ravens won with Trent Dilfer, so I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, they did win with. If Trent, you have a good Trent defense, Dilfer. if you have a lockdown yeah. defense, pretty much just need a guy to n- not turn the ball over. It goes a long way, is what it comes down to. So I like Nick Foles. A twenty-seven to two that he put up that one year, I, I thought that he could recreate that. Maybe not exact, but I, th- I thought that he had the potential if he stuck with an offense and people somebody gave him a, sh- a chance. I think he could have been something. I was that was consistent. Yeah, well, that was consistent. That was the thing. Like he he was inconsistent because he kept getting jerked around. Nobody knew. He didn't know if he was going to be starter, backup. You know, that goes a lot into a guy's psyche. I was big on Nick Foles, and I think he. Was pretty. He was really good that year. I mean, I bought his jersey. I was all in on Nick Foles, but I think Chip Kelly, his offense was too predictable, and he did not analyze talent at all correctly. And Billy Davis, there's fan, there's people in this fan base that could coach the defense better than Billy Davis. Um, That's how bad Billy Davis was. Billy Davis had a track record of not being a good coach before he came here. So when he was hired, it was already a question as to why he was brought in here. Same reason why, you know, he even hired an offensive coordinator. You know, like, what's the point? The whole offense is yours. You do everything with the offense. You leave Billy Davis out there to dry with the defense. Yeah, if you're three and outs, so the defense is going to be on the field majority. Exactly, of and it wasn't put together well. And you see the same thing happening in San Francisco. He has one win. Time of possession is a big deal in the NFL. If you control time of possession, you got a good shot. Look how Go. much better the Eagles are this year. They control the ball. And Five and four and probably should be six and three, seven and two. Well, that, Easily. Well, that, that goes Easily. to say, it was just, we were running a play last year every 23 seconds. We are now using the full extent of the game clock. I like that. If we, what we did against Atlanta would not work with an up-tempo. You had to kill the clock, take the ball away from the best offense in the league. Oh, yeah, and, you know, Julio Jones got his. He had, what, 10 catches, 160-some yards? Like, yeah, he got his. It was like Antonio it, Brown uh, week three where he got his, but we still beat him. Kept him out of the end zone. Kept them out of the end zone. That's the thing. I mean, Bemba but, don't break. And you, you see their matchup this week with the, that's, the Seahawks. That's old, that's old school, Jim Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ben you're going. Don't break. 
That's that's the kind of defense I Jim like. Jim Schwartz is probably the best defensive coordinator since Jim Johnson. Since then, yeah. I would agree. That the Eagles have had? Yeah, I agree with because that. Because Juan Castillo, they make an offensive line coach the defensive coordinator. What was that? I, he, I still that think they the should have gave McDermott more of a shot. McDermott was pretty good in, in uh, Carolina. I mean, he was really good last year. This year they're just struggling, but they lost Josh Norman. That's a big loss. Well, he had big shoes to fill after Jim Johnson died, too. And, you know, it's it's hard for anybody to come in and do replace a legend like that. And a lot of times it's the second time around for people that's better. He got a second chance and he made the best of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He learned from his mistakes. And, you know, he's he's had consistent defenses and he's had personnel that have come in and done what he needs them to do and fills in the holes when he has them. And Eagle, Eagles weren't doing that for him at that time either. He's fixed his mistakes. One one a good example for second time around. Howie Roseman second time around. He's looking like Kevin Costner from a sports movie. He's completely changed the outlook of the, of the Eagles, and the Eagles are borderline. The Eagles version of, of Field of Dreams. That's what we're doing right now. I would say, <laughs> I would say that the Eagles. I hate to say the Cowboys. The Eagles and Cowboys have the the two brightest futures in the NFL. I hate the Cowboys. In the, the entire NFL. Yeah, the Eagles and the Cowboys. They're probably going to show down in the NFC Championship game at least three to five times in the next decade. Okay, right? I can see that. But if you're talking the entire NFL, you also have to talk about the Raiders the as, Raiders, an, up, as so. an up-and-coming team. Yeah, Derek the Raiders Carr is on fire right now. That's that. that I'll there, say the Raiders no out joke. of the AFC. The NFC, it's it's going to. Rodgers is getting old, but he'll still be here and there, knocking on the door. The Seahawks will always be knocking on the door. But the brightest future is the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I hate the Cowboys. I wish. I hope Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended. That might. As much out. as I hate the Cowboys, as well to that effect, um, Tony Romo, what he did. As much as I hate him, cry As baby. much as I hate the crybaby, cry I hate them intercepting so much. missiles from from North Korea. I personally thought he kind of. <laughs> as much as I hate him, that was a class act. What he did for Dak. I Prescott, think it was a class, was act, class but act, but I think he basically was like doing Morse code, like training to the Broncos. No, he he, he was. Wants to be on the Broncos. I think he was putting it out there that hey, you know, I still have something left in the tank. But right now, Dak Prescott said he was the best, and that was a classy move. You know, putting Dak Prescott up there as the he's the guy. But yeah, he's he was lobbying to get traded, or you know, something happened, and you know, Jerry Jones came out today and said, nope, not happening. He's going to be our quarterback. He's still got five good years of competitiveness in him. So I, he's got five. If more he wants years to pay that him that much money to be a backup quarterback, then so be it. If I was Tony Romo, I would go somewhere and just live on a beach and not even show up the game. I anymore. think in the off season, Denver trades a second round pick for Tony Romo. Second round, ooh. You give ooh. you give Tony Romo to you put Tony Romo on Denver, and they're them and the Raiders. That Denver. depends how they feel about Paxton Lynch's progression. If they think that he's the guy and it's going to happen sooner rather than later then that move doesn't happen just like they didn't pull the trigger for bradford just like they didn't pull the trigger for uh who's the other one that they were looking yeah, at yeah and i, th I think Phillip they didn't Rivers. pull the trigger because they won a super bowl so they're they're thinking at that point they're like well we won a super bowl we we can wait it out a few years here for a quarter yeah but elway still wants to have them to be competitive you and they still, still are they just don't have a great quarterback but their defense is nasty and they're still what seven and three right now Believe seven and three, yeah. Yeah, so Might I mean, they're, yeah, I think it's seven. They're still seven. a good team, so they're finding ways to win. You know, doesn't matter who plays them; their defense just stops everybody. Simeon's actually been pretty good for what, yeah, seventh yeah. round draft pick. And I actually don't don't dislike Paxton Lynch. I didn't think it would have been the worst thing in the world if, when the Eagles moved up, I could have seen them taking Ezekiel Elliott and then holding out to take Paxton Lynch a little bit later on. 
or even a Prescott. I like Prescott coming out too. I thought he was going to be a That was a guy player. when before we fired Chip Kelly, I was like target this guy and I think he would I was like this guy would be very good in Chip Kelly's offense. I mean, that's a guy that he's kind of like Russell Wilson. You know Chip Kelly wants to Sean Watson, right? Yeah, I don't know about That's why that's Watson. who he that's who he wants. <laughs> that's I don't know how I feel about the Sean Watson. A lot of people feel that way. He's having a really down year, but that's the guy that Chip Kelly wants. Just like he wanted Mariota. Look at look at his team. They've one win. They're with the, right up there Tennessee, with the Browns. I can't believe Tennessee had an opening and they didn't go after Chip Kelly. They, people don't like Chip Kelly in the NFL. No, they don't. They they don't like him at all. And I don't I don't think regardless of what the quarterback he had, he would have only lasted another year here, maybe. Because I mean, you have a young quarterback who has a lot of potential. You don't want to stun his growth. So, all right. I don't know. All right, Joey. I know you have to run out. Uh, thank you. But here's the final final thought. Final thought from you, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Fame. Do you cash your ballot? No doubt, in my mind is mm, top top five, top seven safety all the time. Because you can flip flop a lot of people. Donovan McNabb, nah. Bad attitude, couldn't get it done. Nah, no for McNabb, because I know that's another question people like to say. So no for McNabb. All right, thank you, Joe and Luca, for the Sports Minute. Thank you. All right, happy birthday. All right, so now that we got our sports fix out of the way. Okay. Let's go on to, like, controversial. Oh, here we go. Get get some stuff off your mind, bro. I All know, right. I know so, you got some, some some things. So did you hear this? Did you hear that the West Virginia governor, or, well, she holds an office in West Virginia, uh, leg- uh, the state, whatever, government office. She said, these past tubs downstairs. We'll cut that out later. <laughs> uh, she said, and I quote, it's nice to have a classy lady in the White House again instead of that ape. So you asked me if I heard it? Yes, I did. So I just, as we were talking about it and uh, preparing for, for tonight, uh, I just saw that she resigned from all the controversy and and uh, backlash from it. Uh, I'm sure she did. <laughs> I'm sure she did. Why wouldn't she? Like, what? You're in a public office. Why would you even think about? That's it's one of the most asinine things I've ever heard anybody uh, say in my life. <laughs> that's the failure of the human condition. <laughs> Not only did she let down, you know, herself, she let down the people that put her in office. How do you think all of those people feel right now? The people that voted her in? <laughs> yeah. And, and now they're they're guilty by association, or that's how they feel. Exactly, and wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I would. Well, then, to a certain point, that's exactly what's happening with them. Until their vote comes around next time, and they impeach her. Well, but or that would have happened anyway. But in the in the in the days of social media, now that you put something out like that on Facebook, mind you, with your picture on it, a picture of your face. Which, I mean, y- you look at her, she looks like, you know, she, she got hit with the ugly stick anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, unfortunately, social media has destroyed a lot of things, and it's destroyed a lot of 
politicians and important people, and it's knocked them down a couple pegs. But, you know, something like that, if you really have the gall to put something like that on social media or anywhere in print or even say it or think it, you don't deserve to be in office, let alone, you know, walking around with other human beings. I, I agree That's with atrocious. that. <laughs> that is, uh, what kind of human being do you have to be? What? Uh, Not much. So, so, so let's segue into... You know, being that that's a very politically correct issue, and I wholeheartedly don't agree with what she said, a hundred percent, hundred fifty percent. But do I also agree that the world has become too politically you know, politically correct? I think so. Oh, I, yeah, that's that's given. I mean, everything has a label now. Everything. That's that's the problem. And for her to even have to say something like that, and immediately everybody knew what she meant. It wasn't like it was something that her family made up or, like, something that her friends, like, a name that they call each other or whatever. Like, no, everybody knew what she meant by it. There was no hiding it. There was no running from it. So, you know, but that's beyond political political correctness. Everything else that people say and people do, yeah, sometimes it can be taken a little bit too harshly. But, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not that type of person that really holds my tongue for anything and... You know, even I feel the need that I have to at times because I know I'm going to offend somebody by something that's in my head. Well, I mean, it comes having that professional filter about yourself as well in certain situations. I don't know if it's professional, <laughs> but it's 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 a filter that that happens every now and then. It's like that little voice in the back of my head, like, "Dude, don't say that." No, we're not going to do that. No, that's a bad idea. Come on, man. You know, and then you know those same people are complaining. They're watching Family Guy, and they're, <laughs> you know, they're are they? Are they though? That's the thing. I mean, I there's, there's a lot of people that watch that show, and you know, get the humor and don't need to take things to a whole other level. But then there's the other people that refuse to watch that, and you know who those people are. Those yeah. are the people that are saying, "Oh my gosh, can you believe that he said something about Canadians?" <laughs> Like I don't, I don't watch South Park because they make fun of Ike. All right, we're gonna take a minute to pause right there. We'll be right back. And welcome back. Sorry, we had to take a short little recess there. All right, so what I want to jump right into is uh, TV shows. So what I was. Uh, reading today um, during my lunch break. <laughs> Thank you, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> she wants me to do it. That's why she's doing that. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. <laughs> in peace. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> you can actually rip it and rip himself really? Alright, so what I what I was reading today is that ABC is actually in discussions to do um, the alternate version of the superheroes, which the Inhumans. Right. So... My thought is is that it would probably be better on Netflix the way that they garnered Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil because it is a little bit more darker. I mean, you're dealing with 
material that is a little bit more towards that arena. Well, I, th- I, th- yeah, I definitely think that that needs to be more like a Watchmen type, or you know, Sin City, something along those lines, where you get those those darks and you know the the storyline itself will give the portrayment of the dark the dark uh, side of it. But you know, if you come in, you know, too too much fluff, you're gonna lose what the Inhumans are all about. And I understand that, like. Disney wants to put it on ABC because they see all the success that it's having and uh, in the movies and in on Netflix itself, but they want more mainstream. They don't want to have it on another medium. They want it on their own network. That I get because they own, they essentially have, you know, you know, uh, a partnership into ABC. They right. can pretty much dictate what they do. Exactly. So why not go with what you have instead of fighting it? And Agents of Shields is good. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is good, and, you know, they actually did a lot with bringing some of the Inhumans into it and, like, some of that aspect and, you know, with the way that they've been able to incorporate S.H.I.E.L.D. into the movies and stuff like that. I think, you know, maybe with the Inhumans they can do something along those lines. And it was a a tip that I had to, like, whoever, whoever watched the show. Oh, yeah. You know felt that validation for t- investing that time into that. Exactly. Absolutely. So, I mean, and it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in its own right, even if you didn't have the movies, it's, it's still a good show. You know, it's still I still like the storyline. I still like the characters. You know, you it's it's still superheroes and, you know, stuff like that. So you still have to superheroes look at it from a fictional. And, and yeah, you still look shit. at it from a fictional standpoint. But, you know, they, they brought a lot of reality to some of the characters, and you know, I I had no problem with it at all. So I I think if they can do the Inhumans in that mold but still keep it a little bit darker, almost like a Gotham-type feel. Yes, but my, my only concern with the Inhumans is, is that then you're now you're dealing with a timeline either being altered or reset. And you're already seeing that in Flash and Supergirl and how many times they have reset the timeline. You know, leave it to Barry, but he reset the timeline. How many times now? Every so, every superhero movie and TV show now has alternate timelines. You know, look at you know the X Men, Days of Future Past. Like that's a whole different timeline than what we actually saw in X One, Two, Three. Yep. All them. So I mean, you know, that's that gives you artistic freedom in a lot of aspects because you don't have to hold true to exactly what the comics did, and you can still you know, stay like the originals and keep those old school fans while still being able to put twists on things and bring new fans in like Doctor Strange. And have you seen the trailer for the new Logan? Yes, exactly. Ah, and that's that's I'm, another thing. I'm waiting for that. That's another thing because that's got to be a whole different timeline for Logan. It is a different universe. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> And they have to be different timelines because if you look at the evolution of the Wolverine in the movies, he went from... You know, if you look, if you watch it in how it was when he went back in time, yep, like he was jacked, and then he's real skinny, and it jacked again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, if you look at it from that aspect, you're like, all right, well, I get it. You know, things were he didn't pre- hit the gym prequels. for those two movies. Yeah, you got prequels and stuff like that. So, but you know, it's like I said, it gives it gives the the writers and directors a little bit more artistic freedom when you change the timeline on these things because then they can go on different tangents that might not have been necessarily in the stories. Like, take the Avengers, uh, Age of Ultron, when the Hulk and um, Black Widow have that little bit of a thing going on. Yeah. You know, so, spoiler if nobody saw that one. 
But uh, you know, it's um, we're not gonna care about spoiler alerts. <laughs> we can just go right ahead. But um, you know, it's just the fact that they had even Thank you, even for the Ant Man reference, even a little something going on. You know, that's not that's not in the comics. You know what I mean? All right. So now that we're on the subject of of pretty much everything Marvel, um, yes, Captain America, Emma. Thank you. In case you don't know, everybody, I have my my daughter sitting here right next to me. She is uh, sp- spelling out uh, or spewing out uh, superheroes. But uh, what what did you think of Luke Cage? I liked it. Did I liked it, it a lot. Yeah, I finished it. I how finished many it. how many days did it take you to finish? Uh, more than I would have liked, but you know, my schedule sometimes can be a little crazy, and uh, you know, I well, watch I mean, it when I could. But you know, all all told, like I was watching three at a time, man. Like <laughs> whenever I got a chance to sit down and watch them, I, I took all that time, and that that was all my Netflix was was Luke Cage, man. Luke Cage, yes. Um, I watched that. It took me a lot longer, um, you know, because you know I like to watch them with with Linda. Well, they're hour long episodes too, so I mean, well, and then with you know. With everything that we got going on, you know, you know, five kids and everything else, you know, <laughs> that's it, just five kids. <laughs> <laughs> Was she giving you the evil eye? Nope. Um, but uh, watch that. Watch Jessica Jones. Uh, I I love the dynamic between 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 Jessica Jones and the Purple Man. That was awesome. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I have not watched all of Jessica Jones yet. I'm still in the midst. So I know I know we said we're not going to care about spoiler alerts, but I actually care what you think, so I'm not going to spoil it. No, spoil it for, it for me. Please, please do. Please. I have to rewatch it again to remember. <laughs> 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 no, I haven't seen it all. I've seen all Daredevil. Um, I like the references that they make to Daredevil and all Jessica right, Jones. I like to tip the in, hats to that, yeah. In, uh, in Luke Cage. And, well, you know, I mean, that that's where Luke Cage started. Right, oh, yeah, yeah. Jones. Yeah, they, they have a whole relationship and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's... I think there's that if they stick with this Netflix stuff, I think that they can make it pretty. Well, decent. I mean, the one uh, the one thing I will tell you, the one pivotal moment that they that, that you you've heard them reference time in and time out was how you know you know Luke Cage, you know how he kept on saying that my ex, my ex, you know shoved a shotgun to my my skull, and it knocked me unconscious. You know, but you actually saw that, and like he. <laughs> So the 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 premise behind that is is that you know he was being controlled by the purple man he and you know he had enough wherewithal for like a split second to to kind of tip his hand to her. So the only way to kind of get him out of that psychosis was to shove a shotgun uh, on his skull. Makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, you heard that reference so many times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, now now what we're talking, you know, they've already done. They've already greenlighted season two. Uh, what did you think of the Punisher and Daredevil? <sighs> the hard thing is that Punisher is such a complex character that I can never say that I like anybody that plays him because nobody can do him the justice that he deserves. Like, even look if you look back to Spawn, Spawn was... Uh, also another complex character, but he he was brought to life on film because of the special effects they were able to use. Now, with the Punisher, he's not so much special effects as he is just brute force and guns and stuff like that, blowing stuff up. Now, there's only so many things you can do visually with that. Um, 
but I think that it was a decent. It was decent. It wasn't great, but I never think the Punisher is great. Kind of like all the Hulk movies, I never think the Hulk movies are great. So I'm I'm very biased when it comes to certain people. I I agree with your Punisher. I agree with your assessment of Punisher. But the the best thing that I loved about the Daredevil Punisher was that the jailhouse scene. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was the best. Just that was a great scene. Taking out everyone. No, I I agree with that. That was that was pretty badass. <laughs> it was. Bedtime. So long, farewell, Avidos, and good night. Derp, derp. And this is my entertainment. <laughs> you don't need a television. So where were we? <laughs> so yeah, I mean they, they've already greenlighted the the extra season for Daredevil, Jessica Jones. I mean Luke Cage is already up for People Choice Award, which oh, yeah. as they should be, as they should be. But uh, and I, you know, I go back to the. You know, I still watch Arrow, still watch Flash. Uh, you know, I, st- I have to get ca- caught up on Flash because now that's available, the new seasons are available on Netflix. It's pretty much the only way I watch them nowadays. Yeah, I have to get caught up too. Um, I'll get there, but you know, I'm more of a Marvel guy than I am a DC guy, and everybody knows that. I'll I'll tell anybody to ask. There's only a couple. I like like the main guys in DC. I'm a you know Superman, Batman, Lantern. Wonder Woman, like I, I, I like all DC. I like all the characters that DC has, and but you know when it comes down to being tried and true, I'll always be you know a Batman guy. So all the other guys kind of fall to the wayside. Whereas Marvel, I know a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more about the characters and who they are and what they can do and stuff like that. So. Minus Batman. <laughs> Batman. Minus Batman. Batman's the man. Best Batman. Uh, best Batman or best Bruce Wayne? Okay, best Batman, then best Bruce Wayne. Best Batman was Bale. Okay. Just because he had so many cool toys and, you know, he was much more athletic. Best Bruce Wayne, I don't care what anybody says, Michael Keaton. Okay. By far. I agree with that. Because he had that little bit of humor. You know, they all had their small attempts at humor. But when it came to Michael Keaton, his was so natural. And I just think that Bruce Wayne would just have that natural humor to him. Do we was Christian Bale ever interviewed why he did that for his voice for Batman? If he was, I didn't see it, but it's kind of cool. Like, I swear to God, swear to me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 kind of awesome. Makes him sound so much more badass. Batfleck kind of put that little bit of a. He had that gravel. Yeah, in his he had voice the, too. the yeah exactly. Yeah, he, he, but it was more of a, it was more of a you know a smoother delivery. Oh, they they all did it. They all did it. Keaton Keaton just whispered a little bit, and you know, Val Kilmer, he kind of went surfer on it when he when he did it. But they all they all they all kind of had that little bit of a rasp to it. They all just went a little bit over top, <laughs> enunciated things like you shouldn't. Could you imagine? So what 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 would it sound like if you said super fragile, Kevin? <laughs> 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 Who, Bale? 
Yes. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You're dropping stuff, dude. <laughs> that was my beer. Uh-oh. Man down. Man down. Uh, uh, we're going to take a very short break so uh, Chris can clean up the alcohol he's spilled everywhere. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. I had to take a quick, quick break to clean up the uh, the spillage that I just did. Wah, wah. All right, so let's go talk about something that we both love. We we both love watching WWE. And I thought you were gonna say porn. Besides porn, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you you know, not that I. Well, maybe I would let him. The Rock, sexiest man alive. <laughs> he is sexiest man alive, and yeah. for good reason. And for good reason. And he is the highest paid actor in Hollywood, too. Also for good reason. I think he's a hell of an actor. Uh, he can do anything. Just because he's a big-ass dude doesn't mean he doesn't. He played the, the Tooth Fairy, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> wasn't wasn't great when he did it. <laughs> yeah, I would go gay for him. <laughs> I think that you would just do that for anybody, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, DJ, as I like to call him, you know, because we're friends. DJ is a, he's a hell of a guy, man. He's a he's he's a good dad, as far as I know. You know, he's always been giving back to the community. He was Cena before Cena, you know, as far as being you know the toys for tots and like all the stuff that he does, like the hospital visits. Yep. And, you know, so he, he's always been a good and guy. He he knows where he came from. He, he and the universe hated him too. Yeah, exactly. Until he actually owned it. Well, he also was a heel at some point in his career, unlike Cena. But um, you know, the right he, hey, he deserves it, man. He he puts a lot of time and effort into his body, and you know he 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 takes care of home first, and he's done it all at this point. So let let's let's just recap that. So, I mean, you hear, I mean, he's very he, very pivotal on social media. I mean, with like he has, like the the one story where the fan was just trying to chase him down and and flag him down, and he stopped his truck that he was driving. To, and he told him an inspirational story of how he had cancer, beat it, and it was because of him and and the the thing that he brought to the table is that, that you know that was his that was his driving force was because of the motivational words that he gave. And then you know they became friends and they took pictures on I- Instagram and you know and everything else. And then you see him do shows like The Hero and on TNT and doing all those shows. And then uh, all his stuff that he does, HBO, Ballers, awesome show. Yep, agreed. I binged watched the fuck out of that <laughs> show. Ballers was a good show. I, I th- it kind of reminded me of, um, I forget the name of the show, but it was uh, it was Arliss. Arliss. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, and, and it was more reminded me of a a more polished version of Any Given Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I think it delved a little bit more into the front office stuff than any given Sunday did. I think they just focused on the owners. They didn't focus on, you know, the agents and so much like that as ballers did. But yeah, I, I could definitely see it. It had like the same tone set to it. You know, the, it was the it was very gritty. It was gritty. Had the lavish lifestyle. It showed you, you know, the the bullshit that you know the pro athletes deal with on a daily basis, and that a lot of that they bring onto themselves. So a lot of it's self-induced. That's what I mean. Like they bring a lot of the the uh, the bullshit that they have into their own lives, you know, with the the different kids from different mothers and, you know, 
paying their entourage yeah. and, or feeling that they owed them because exactly. they're just friends. You get guys getting caught with you know illegal substances all the time, getting caught with guns, like Josh Hoff. I mean, that's you. You can't be. I don't think you could be as stupid as some of these athletes actually are. To Josh Huff's credit, though, I mean, that, that seemed kind of fishy. Uh, only because it happened, he was pulled over on the bridge. Right. 300 yards on the dot on the Jersey side. Okay. So, I mean, it just seems kind of su- suspicious that somebody wanted him out. Is it just as suspicious as Julia Lockerford doing 102 on the Walmart Bridge? Did he have a gun? No, but he was still doing 102. Well, Josh Huff claimed, like admitted to having a gun. He didn't admit to the weed, but he admitted to the gun because he had to protect himself and his family. He comes from Texas, where you know everybody has a gun. So I mean, yeah, but it's only on a it's only on a on a a biased law that Jersey said that they're not going to honor, you know, any other out of state. Well, yeah, license to conceal. Yeah, exactly, and you know. This is not his rookie year, you know. He's this is his third year in the league, or second, second or third, I forget. But regardless, he's been through the same, you know, kind of camps that all these other rookies had. The rookie symposiums. He's he's been to that. Like he's had dealings with other guys with guns. Like he was on the team with you know Trent Cole, or there's maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But he's still on the team with guys that hunt. You know, he's still on the team with guys that also have guns because they're athletes because like josh huff said all athletes carry guns because they're fear for their lives but look at all the stuff that has happened to athletes with guns like he should have been smarter to not take it with him he should have been smarter not to have that much weed in the car and that but you know hollow hollow points they say are best for home protection because they're not going to go through the assailant whoever whoever you you shoot the bullet's going to stay in them so say there's the bad guy standing in front of me and you're behind them I shoot him, it's not going to go through him and get to you. So they, they actually recommend those for, you know, protecting yourself in your home. In your car, you know, and out in the public, they're considered cop killers. And right. I, I totally get that. I get that 100%. But, you know, for him to go out in the public and see all these other guys, like, hell, Von Miller's a star in this league, and he got caught with pot in Colorado where it's legal, and the NFL still got him. So, I mean, you know, Learn from this stuff. If you're going to be under the limelight like that, you're going to be, you know, a guy that people look up to and look at as quote-unquote role models for, you know, their lives. Be smarter than that. Like, what were you doing? Are you a dealer that you had to have a gun and yeah, I mean, pot? Like, what's up, dude? They, As I said before, they do this to themselves. They are their own worst enemy. And just because they have the money and they feel whether they feel entitled or obligated or whatever their driving factor is, they're still an idiot. Well, yeah, I mean, an idiot's an idiot regardless of whether you're, you know, sitting here doing a podcast in your living room or if you're, you know. Dang, damn. (laughs) Well, that goes for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, or a professional athlete making millions of dollars a year. Like, if you're an idiot's an idiot. It doesn't matter who you are. Talking about letting... Dwayne The Rock Johnson bend you over for a million dollars. I didn't say that. You did. Well, That's the second reference you made to being going gay for him. For a million? Maybe. Suspect. Suspect. I saw a video today on Facebook. 
a guy went up to this couple that was coming out of a grocery store and offered the guy a hundred k, hundred thousand dollars, take his wife home and do whatever he wanted to. And he was like, all right. It was all a joke and it was all a scam. But he was like, all right, sure, no problem. <laughs> and she was a little against it, but then she just kind of went with the guy, arm in arm with the guy. When they walked away, and like five minutes later, they came back and said, hey, it was all a joke, man. I'm not gonna get my hundred grand. Yeah, but that's yeah. He's not gonna get my hundred grand. And the girl's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna go actually get to have a good sex tonight." So <laughs> <laughs> it's a lose lose, no matter how you look at it. But um, yeah, it's back to Dwayne Johnson, man. He uh, he's a, he's a class act guy who you know knows how to get over in the WWE. Knows how to be over himself knows how to get other guys over you know he's willing to do whatever he can for everybody else he's very selfless i agree i agree do do you think he kind of resurrected the fast franchise with his with the introduction of his character um yes and no i think if you didn't have a guy like vin diesel to pair with him then it wouldn't have had the dynamic that it did um, okay. because they're both alpha males, you know, I run the show, no, I run the show. One's on the good side of the law, one's on the bad side of the law. So they kind of had that dynamic. And they were able to play off of each other. Good night, everybody. So, um, you know, I don't, Sorry, I can't, that, I that can't. kind of threw you off. Your nah, that's right cool. There. It's cool. Will do. Good night. I wouldn't say that he necessarily resurrected it. It was never really dead because people love cars. People love souping cars up. People love doing stuff to cars. And people like hot women, which is all Fast and the Furious is about. But but now you look at you look at the franchise, it's more than just that because now it's 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 on the level of now they're crime, Bond. Now they're crime fighters. There's espionage and this, that, and the third. And yeah, I'm going to okay. parachute my Fine. car out of a, out of a yeah. plane. Yeah, okay. So so big deal. It's it's all cool. It's all fun special effects. Stuff that could probably happen, but you know, oh, don't get me wrong, I'll still watch the ninety eight percent of the time if you were to try that stuff in real life, you die. So it's cool to think that, hey, you know, that two they're they're out there doing that two percent stuff that, that I'm gonna do try one day, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna try to drift my car <laughs> I'm gonna try to drift my car in a parking lot with snow and I'm still gonna hit the one light post that's in there. You know, it's <laughs> that's that's the kind of stuff that ends up happening, or I'm gonna go put a supercharger on my nineteen seventy four, you know, Grand Am and then but um, you know, no the fast, the fast and the furious franchise is, is decent. Like it's, it makes you feel like you're a part of you know everything that's going on, and it has cool storylines that all intertwine and mesh. But um, you know, the Rock's a good character in it. He uh, he plays a badass, and you know, he's a big dude, and he's bigger than Vin Diesel. But Vin Diesel don't back down from him. So like I said, it's a two. The two alphas going at battling at each other, so I think the dynamics that, that they those two bring to each other is what helped bring it back. So, not he didn't single handedly do it, but he helped. Yeah, I don't think uh, my my whole thing is is that if you had anybody else in that role, it uh, it wouldn't be it would still be going. It wouldn't be as successful as it is right now. Well, I mean, Dwayne is a character in and of itself you know he's no matter what movie you put him in he is always what you expect him to be he's either funny or he's serious or you know he's him in central intelligence was, it was awesome. great it, it was, was great awesome. it was great but you know he, he 
he brought what they needed, you know, because you look at all the other Fast and the Furiouses that were, you know, good. You had that cop. You had that antagonist slash protagonist cop. Even him and uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? That went, well, Mark, uh, Marky Mark and uh, Will Ferrell. Oh, um, the other guys. Yeah, the other guys. Him in the uh, beginning. Him, him and Sam and Jackson. Jackson. They're like, yeah, we're going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do this. And they just jump off the roof. Yeah. They're going to jump all the way to the opposite end. Aim the for tree. the trees. Yeah. Aim for the trees. <laughs> but yeah, that's actually a movie I wouldn't mind watching. Those two were like cop buddy, like a cop buddy movie. I would watch that. I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's whatever you need him to be. He can be super serious. He can be funny. He can be the badass. So, I mean. You know, see, I remember when he was first starting to get into acting. It was uh, everybody laughed at him. Everybody laughed at him. Everybody laughed at him. Rundown, good movie. I thought it was decent. It was a good movie. Um, and then um, be cool. Be cool. Yeah. He He played a gay bouncer and a bad bouncer at that. Yep. And he made his own little gay country video. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy you want in a movie. That's the kind of guy you want to be around because he'll do whatever he needs to do to be successful. He doesn't Very care what humble. it is. He has he, he's he's a humble guy, but you know what? He knows what he brings to the table. So he has a very good self awareness. He's not cocky. He has he knows what he has and he knows how to market himself. He, he right now he's King Midas. Anything he touches turns to gold overnight. Yeah, overnight. Like he anything he does. Like what they say uh, he has. Uh, Under Armour, he has a, his own line, and it's, I think they sold a million in, like, the first week or something like that. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. Everybody wants it. And just to think, this dude was almost in the NFL. Yeah, almost. So, I mean, if he never got hurt to the point that he did and, you know, he didn't decide to go over to wrestling, which his dad and, you know, his grandpa were a big part of, he never decided to do that. He'd never be at the the point where he is. Or maybe he would. Maybe he still would have had that drive to do stuff, and somebody would have discovered him somewhere along the line to do something. But, it, but it, the the iron wouldn't have been as hot as it as it was when it happened. Timing's everything. Timing is everything. And you had one of the best opposing characters that brought it out of him. You know, well, two, I say, is Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah, easily, easily. I mean, that th- arguably the best era in wrestling was when he had both of those guys when him and steve austin it was you know the the face and the other face that nobody thought was actually a face but he really was and steve austin because he was so for the fans even though he never really said that he was for the fans vince hated him so that automatically made him a face but he was a heel to everybody else because everybody else always piece of shit the anti-establishment yeah exactly exactly so you know and then you throw triple h into the mix and he was whatever you needed him to be so those guys, and Shawn Michaels, you know, all those guys at the top of their game at the right time, you know, the right factions, the right tag teams, you know. You, you paired The Rock with Mick Foley and had The Rock and Sock connection. I mean, you know, everything was perfect. That, 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 the attitude that segment, era. The segment of this is your life. Yeah. And when he was just like, you know, after everything was done, he, he thanked him. And then he was just like, but The Rock's birthday is May 3rd, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect, perfect. That's what I mean. Like, and that segment when 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 you go when you go onto the WWE Network and watch it, they actually say that that segment went 
30 minutes past its actual time. Just because, you know, I mean, of course they were doing the Monday Night War with, with WCW, but 30 minutes over at the time was only a two-hour show. Well, just think of Mick Foley and how he is. Have you watched the Holy, Holy Foley at all? Not all the way through. All right. Well, you, you see how he is in the show. Like, he doesn't shut up. Yeah. That's how he is in real life. Like, I actually went to see him at Helium Comedy Club when he first started doing his stand-up stuff. And let me tell you, man's hilarious. Hilarious. All he really did was talk about shit that happened behind the scenes with wrestling. And, <laughs> you know, he, he talked about when he I've was... I've always wanted to see that. He talked about when he was writing his book and, you know, some other stuff like from his childhood and stuff like that. But everything he said was funny. Every punchline he had was on point. And he even says, he's like, There's only t- I'm only going to curse two times in the night. And he says it right in the beginning. He says, fuck, right in the beginning. And then, like, there's a couple times where he'll be like, and fudged it up. And, like, you know, he, he plays off of that. And at the very end, he's like, oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> but, you know, he does it the whole time. It's like he's just shooting the shit with you. Like, he took some questions, and it was cool because he was in Philly. He had the Blue Meanie come in. Uh, and he did a little segment. That was pretty cool, too. And, like, he took... He took questions Yo, from everybody. ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took questions from everybody that was in the crowd. Um, you know, and after, you know, if you, he would sign everybody's thing for free. Everybody got one free autograph. You could pay for another one, whatever. Shirts, the whole nine yards. But the man knows how to market himself. The man knows how to talk to anybody, whether you're wearing a suit and tie or you're wearing, you know, pajama pants and a, a Parkside T-shirt. Like, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, this goes to his credit. How many times is he a number one best-selling author? Exactly. So. Exactly. I don't know off the top of my hand, but I know it's happened multiple times. I mean, he writes children's books. I mean, he's on the he's on the top charts yeah. all the time. He has his own clothing line, I think, now, too. The, Especially the, with the that. Santa thing. With the Santa thing. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the outfits he wears during Raw. Yep. He had that whole plaid suit <laughs> that was amazing suit with the plaid smiley face. It was amazing. Was, you know, it had the old, it had the mankind mask over top of it. That was still, still classic. I, I was actually Mick Foley for Halloween. I saw that. I was Mick Foley for I Halloween, and uh, people told me that I won the the costume contest because it was so <laughs> on point. I had his little shuffle down. I had the white tennis shoes with the black sweatpants. No, because that came up on one of your like that you shared that memory on on Facebook. Well, that was d- just this year. Wow. Just this year I did it because everybody was talking about what they were going to be, and I didn't know what to do. Everybody was going to be Harambe and this, that, and the third. So no, I, uh, I was I, Mick Foley. Me and the fam, we were, we were, uh, we did the whole Star Wars theme. That's awesome. So I was Han Solo. Linda was Princess Leia. We had uh, Maisie, my youngest daughter. We had, she was Ray from Episode Seven. <laughs> uh, Sophia, cool. the dog, was BB-8. That's so cool. Uh, and then we had uh, Emma was Darth Vader. Alyssa was a stormtrooper. She wanted to be, you know, unseen. <laughs> she wants to blend in. Um, and Joey was uh, uh, episode seven, Luke Skywalker. That's pretty awesome. So, that is. yeah, we do it. We do it as a theme. Why? And if you have enough people to do something like that, why not? I would have done an entire basketball team. I uh, just wait till you see the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get a load of me? So while while we're on wrestling. Goldberg and Lesnar. Who's next? <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Now, I, uh, I've been shouting for Goldberg to come back for years. I think it's a couple years too late. 
at this point. He still looks like he's massive and jacked. Not as believable now that he could take out Goldberg as it was, you know, a few years back. Or, sorry, that he could take out Brock Lesnar. Right. As it is, you know, now it's like, okay, maybe you could pull one out. It's like, you know, Lesnar is supposed to be... He's supposed to be this unbeatable guy, you know, nobody can touch him and he'll the only way he's gonna lose is if there's like some some interference or some fluke yeah, or some, whatever. But some offshoot. You know, if if you're gonna do something with Goldberg, because like, I've heard that there's rumors that he's gonna stick around for a little while in what manner they're not sure. Um but you know, there's from my understanding they got him locked for at least a year because of the whole WWE two K seventeen well, okay. Well, in that case, use him correctly. Yeah. Hope he doesn't croak in the ring. No offense to the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's that's what you hope. Like, you, you like to see these older guys come back and guys that dominated, but, you know, it's they kind of lose their luster. Like, look at Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair who stuck around way too long doing what they were doing. I will say that the, the Ric Flair last match that was it was it was painful it was painful to watch like it was painful to watch but it was also some of the best storytelling without hearing a word oh yeah absolutely i agree with that 100 percent. and you know some guys haven't had the proper send-off you know hogan keeps screwing himself with the things that he says and the way that he acts and well they people they, don't want to be around that his daughter brooke hogan just dropped what was it two weeks ago that uh he's he's still in he's back in talks with wwe to possibly you know, show up during WrestleMania. Okay, and awesome, you know, but let that let that be the end. Unless yeah, you're bringing him back for, like, a, a, an alumni thing or Hall of Fame. Like, I don't want to see a storyline with the man. I don't. I don't, that I, thing. I don't even want him to be, you know, to be, you know, saying 999. Oh as, God, much as, oh. love, as much as I love, as much as I love the WWE Network, you know, which no, is, you like know. that's what he was relegated to. That's, that's what he was relegated to. He was the pitch man for the network. That's all he was when he was the guy. He was Cena and The Rock and Shawn Michaels and Triple H all in one. He was the guy that they built the franchise around. Like He was the face that ran the place without a doubt. And that's what he became. Same with Flair. We're not trying to quote AJ Styles, but yes, he's the face to run the place. But 16-time champion Ric Flair did the same thing to himself. Ran himself into the ground. Just because he couldn't walk away and he was broke and you know didn't know what to do with himself. Cause well, I mean that guy's been married seven times. I understand, but you know you did that to yourself. Nobody told you to do that. You you hung on to wrestling and ruined you know what everybody thought about you for a long time. Well, I mean to to that credit, Flair Flair was an awesome wrestler. He does not know how to manage. No, no, not you, at all. You can't manage your own personal life. You should stay out of the GM box. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. And that's what, what was ultimately the demise of WCW. That was part of it, you know. And then they, you know, everybody's tried to bring him in, you know, be a, be a manager, you know, do this, do that, just be a talker, you know. When they did, uh, when they first brought Charlotte out, and they had him, you know, yep. okay, I wanted to see what she could do without, you know, riding your coattails, and I kind of like that she used your thing but changed it up, unlike Natalia who still uses Bret Hart's. Entrance music, music but yes. <laughs> you know it's you, you use what you got, and you know Charlotte Flair is she's an Amazonian, like she's she's tall and she's strong and athletic, like she's a great so wrestler. If, you, if now you can actually take a look at this, if you actually see Charlotte uh, during Flair's last last uh, send off match, and look at her now, it's two different people. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's 
she she started people. to train totally different. That's why. Yeah, I mean, granted, she was like what what the what, as they said what the level what uh, a, you know, yeah something a like gymnast. that yeah yeah I mean she was on a on a par well, on a level with that no one was her equal right so and to be able to do the storytelling that her and Sasha do essentially every time that they get in 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 on a match on a pay per view Sasha's keeping up with her but she's always ending up hurt. Yeah, I mean, she's, like I said, she's probably one of the most athletic, if not the most athletic women's wrestler they've ever had. I mean, Lita was more like a high flyer and stuff, and, you know, Trish had her assets, no pun intended. And, um, you know, all the other female wrestlers that came through, China, if you can consider her a female wrestler, you know. But, you know, Charlotte Flair comes out, and she she has, you know, a flair about her the way that she wrestles and she she wrestles I don't want to say she wrestles like a man because she doesn't she wrestles like a woman of her size and stature should you know like she wrestles like what you would think Nia Jax would do what you would think uh, Tamina she Snooker is a should strong have done. style yes wrestling. yes she and that's that's just her built her frame and she's taken everything that her father's done and tweaked it for her liking exactly Know who I, if, if I had to compare her to a male wrestler, past, present, whatever, she reminds me a lot of Cesaro, like, in her skill set. Like, doesn't look like Mark Henry, the strongest man alive, but is still super freaking strong. Like, with such lean muscle that you can still lift 400 pounds. Like, Charlotte, I, th- I think she could get in the ring with some of these men and, you know, not even just fake wrestling. I think she could whoop some of these dudes' asses. <laughs> and that's that's not even I'm not even questioning that. I think if you get you gave her the opportunity to go up against like uh, I don't know, let's say Dana Bryan or The Miz or something like that, I, I think she could she whoop that ass. <laughs> she would. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but so, what about what about so what do you what do you think about the pay per view this weekend? I think it could be really good. I. I'm really looking forward to it because it's like it's the first Survivor Series since you know they've done the the brand the, split, the split and everything, yes. and they've made some mistakes with this brand split. You know, some of the they 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 separated people that they shouldn't have. You know, they put people together they they maybe shouldn't have. They've taken things to a level um, of competition that it really didn't need to go. So I kind of hope with this that you get to see some of those people that got split see them go into action, you know. I don't want to say that I want to see titles change hands, but I think it's going to happen. I do. I agree with you. If only so you can still have these intermingled um, pay-per-views a little bit more often. Because, I mean, yeah, the SmackDown pay-per-views are cool. Raw pay-per-views are cool. They make you feel good that you're paying 10 bucks and still getting all these pay-per-views. It's like, oh, cool, I'm getting double the pay-per-views. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's go still... go from $60 a pay-per-view like, to you, It's the same month. shit that you see on Monday or Tuesday just on a grander scale because it's a pay-per-view. But And that it's, the, it's essentially the only time, minus, like, a couple one-offs, that its title changes hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, except for, like, the Cruiserweight title, which you're tr- still trying to define that that uh, that division but the intercontinental title changed hands right before SummerSlam yeah which a lot of the things that these writers are doing are boggling my mind which makes me think that you're going to see Miz lose it 
and they get traded. And, you know, whoever gets traded back, maybe they get traded for whoever wins the Intercontinental title off of them. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that, that trade comes low. The belt doesn't actually leave the brand. Should they should the they have it more? Traded. Should they have it more like if uh, if you lose you get traded if you win you know they could do that right before the pay per view or do it that. do it as a tally count so if if let's just say SmackDown win, wins more matches than Raw for as a total so it goes total for the night and they get three draft choices over like that they can pull from Raw at any point in time that would be cool too doesn't I matter mind something like it that. doesn't matter whether it's the following day doesn't matter if it's uh it doesn't matter if it's like right before a pay-per-view it doesn't matter if it's middle of the week or right before wrestlemania i mean you would have to have a couple stipulations on it meaning that you can't take a title holder because then it protects them and that w- that would be cool uh, that would be real cool because then you know you could see maybe a whole Wyatt family reunion type deal happen and, and then they, they could take over that brand like the NWO. You know what I mean? And then there's also talk of since Goldberg's going to be sticking around, he's going to start his own faction. So I was saying maybe that's one of the ways that he beats Brock Lesnar is some people come running out to help him. And then those people become his faction and he could take over the other brand. So, I mean, there's like little there's these little things that are up in the air that you, you kind of hear grumblings about and you're like, oh, that'd be really cool. And then they never come to fruition and you're like, well, shit, that's what I wanted to happen now. Like, that's um, now, now I'm unhappy. So the fans kind of make themselves unhappy because they're not really giving them a chance because they're not seeing everything that they want. And a lot of storylines they have are slow-moving or make no sense at all. So there's a lot of a lot of things that I think that they need to do differently, and, and I really hope that, you know, this is kind of a stepping stone for them to do so. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I really do. But, I mean, wrestling's been fun recently. It's... I've been to a Raw recently, been to a SmackDown recently, so I got to see, you know, all the talent. But, you know, it's still, I still long for the days of the Attitude Era. Like, I still want to see, you do know, you feel the, that the Hardys is, jumping out the building, stuff like that. Do you feel that there is a shift in, like, do you feel that we're getting out of the PG area now? Because it, it's, I feel, and this is just my opinion, that I feel that it's a little bit more different than, you know, we had the Federation era where it was just like, you know, the big guys, superheroes, we can do anything for you, blah, blah, blah. And then you had that that dynamic shift into, I think we're in that lull period between the Federation, what was the Federation era and then the Attitude Era, where they're still trying to find themselves. But they're in, they're kind of in a weird state where they're they're letting themselves be a little bit more free on the mic. They're also, you know, the storylines have been better. They're not, I wouldn't say they're A+. plus. B, maybe B+. plus. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, saying that they're in, like, a state of limbo right now is absolutely perfect. I mean, because they really are. You don't know what to expect night in and night out from these guys because they're taking shots in the dark. They're they're reaching, you know, for things that are out there, hoping that well, maybe. Well, it's only been five months since the, since the brand split. Yeah, but even before they did that, like, some of their storylines made no sense. You know, that whole thing with you know Rusev and the marriage like they was never supposed nobody was ever supposed to know that they were even together and then you know they kind of had to let it incorporate because of social media yeah exactly that that's the part of the problem of social media 
But, you know, to say that they're going back, they're being more liberal with what they're saying on the mics. Yeah, they are to a point, but it goes back to what you said earlier about um, political correctness. You'll never get to see what you did in the Attitude Era. You know, you know you'll never get Jerry Lawler on or talking about the puppies. You know, you won't yes, see. You will, you will never see that. Yeah. The, I, that, that type of, you know, talk about women. Yeah. So because now, you know, now they're not an accessory in the ring. They're actual performers. Exactly. Um, but you know, that's that's a whole different ball game. And you know, there were always women in the ring, and they were still considered performers. And you know, you had them. You know, you still get the wardrobe malfunctions, which is what quote unquote the guys are always looking for when they're watching the women wrestlers. But you know, we actually appreciate what they're able to do in the ring and the the, the risks that they take and how athletic they are. And you know, it's it's not even just about the women. It's about you know. The, the things you can say and how you can act like you're you're not going to see many dx suckets going around anymore because you know i oh you can't tell me to do that that's politically incorrect you only see that on the reunion shows yeah where, exactly where everybody the you know the the execs at usa are knowing that's going to happen yeah and they'll say i got we got two words for you and then that's it and then they let the crowd chant exactly because, because they didn't say it yeah they didn't say it. it's ambient noise from the crowd the crowd chatter so I mean, there's there's a hundred different directions that they can, you can go with what they're doing now. Whether or not they take the right direction, it still remains to be seen. But yeah, they're still in that limbo period, and I don't know how or why they're going to be, or you know, what's going to bring them out of it. You know, it's it's going to have to be something shocking, like you know, the the, the NWO or like the ECW takeover or like that kind of stuff. Because well, that was kind of decent. A lot of these in, independents are are you know are gaining a lot of traction. Because they're willing to do things that WWE will not. Lucha Underground, yeah, Ring of Honor, um, even TNA is actually having some decent storylines now. They've been, you know, I've heard TNA. I've heard rumors about TNA going under for a couple months now, though. But that, I mean, that I've heard TNA been going under for the last two years. But that, well, yeah, but I've heard like it's been a little louder than it now, has been ever. Well, well, Matt Hardy wants to buy it out and make yeah. his own story, make his own brand. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, you have Kurt Angle left, but you'll, you'll never hear them. The only time when they've actually acknowledged someone being on TNA was AJ Styles only because he's been around in other, you know, you know, he's been in New Japan uh, pro wrestling. Uh, he's been all across. He's done it all. That's why, that's why, you know, when he won that belt, he got the, you deserve it chant. Yeah, you know, same with Kevin Owens. He got the "You Deserve a Chant" too. Well, there was a there was a little there was a little uh, a gif on on the internet saying that he was the champion of the universe anyway, which is kind of fitting because he's the universal champion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you gotta love the internet. They always have everything, and it's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But yeah, I mean AJ, AJ Styles paid his dues. You know, Kevin Owens paid his dues. Even. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose was an independent guy, paid his dues. Uh, Dan O'Brien, all these guys, you know, that before weren't getting any looks. The WWE had no choice but to look at these guys because that's all anybody wanted to see. And the crowd made it happen. Exactly. Exactly. Just like the whole CM Punk thing. Like, they had, fans had no problem voicing their opinion after Punk left. Until that pipe bomb. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Because everybody wanted to know what he was saying. He had that Howard, Howard Stern-esque mode about him. Right, exactly. He had the 
he had the no filter that is what the WWE needed more of, and instead they put a muzzle on him. Yeah, they gave him what he wanted. They gave him what he wanted, and then, you know, that was the he, end of it. He was the longest reigning champion that they had uh, for for the PG it, era. It was out of spite. They gave it to him out of spite. Yeah, they put him on the cover of the video game. And then, you know, he went on for uh, like 400 plus days. Yep. And then he drops the title to The Rock. Yep. Which is... <laughs> the that's end. just a slap in the face. Exactly. But, exactly. I mean, you know, of all the people to drop the title to is just someone... You know, no offense to Rock, but he was just got done making a movie. Yep. Dropped the no re- title to him. That's like when uh, Batista came back and won the Royal Rumble after... Blue Tista. Yeah, no, no, nobody saw him for six years, and he comes back and <laughs> wins the Royal Rumble. But, yeah, for for them to do what they did to Punk, like, they pushed him out. They forced him out. They gave him everything that he wanted, over and above. He said, well, am I going to lose the title? Nope, still going to keep the title. Nope, you want to be champ. You're champ. Well, how about that? No, nope, you're still, you're still the champ, man. You're still the champ. Longest reigning champ ever. Way to go. You're the man. It's like, all right, dude, seriously. And if you ever count one of the CM Punk, I always liked you as a uh, as a wrestler. You were all, I, I actually did see all your independent stuff. Uh, anything that was filmed, uh, Ring of Honor, saw that too. Uh, I was a huge advocate for you, just so you know. I love your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I mean, same, same here. I mean, see, he's he's a guy that you have to respect because he started. <laughs> Because he legitimately started from the bottom and then rose to the top where everybody believed that he should be. But, yeah, like, they just they slapped him in the face and, you know, chopped him down to the point where he didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, when you, you take the the one thing that a man has loved more than anything else in this world away from him, he he changes and becomes a different person. Like, he, he lost that desire to be, you know, the best in the WWE because he was there. And they kept him there longer than he should have been, you know. It's but that's that's the way it is, you know. Be careful what you wish for, because you're eventually going to get it. And then when you lose it in the manner that he lost it, yeah, he got pissed off as he should have been. I mean, you know, like the Rock is who he is, but you know that's he like lost saying, it. Then he had to lose to the Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. And then the following Royal Rumble, the one that actually Roman won, mm-hmm. he he was actually on the marquee for WWE WrestleMania. Be, when they first started putting out the promo packages. Right. And then all of a sudden, you saw his face off the billboards, the face off the programs. Because like, I saw the earlier stuff. So did I. And he was just mass exodus. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and I hate for to see someone that talented to get pushed out like that. What do they say? The the squeaky wo- squeak wheel gets the, the oil? That's... You talk too much, eventually you're going to get taken care of one way or another. And it's it's a shame that he had to go out the way he did, but, you know, he had a nice little run here. I think that he if he came back, the fans would welcome him back with open arms. You know, the guys in the industry, maybe not so much because he did talk a lot of shit when he left. But, you know, the fans would take him back in a heartbeat just because of what he represents, what he stands for, and, you know, the kind of kind of kind of player in the game that he is. The, 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 the true wrestlers will take him back because they know any match with him is going to be money. Oh, yeah. E- exactly. You're going to get the perfect promo. You're going to get a well-executed match. And the you know. heat will be billed properly. Oh, absolutely. Because he will be the one dictating it. Yep. And he will work with that talent to actually do it properly. He could put a lot of people, a lot of the newer people over. 
I think he could if you, you know, used them and him the right way. The problem is even the really good talent that you have now on this on both rosters, they don't know what to do with them. Like no, it, it really, it really, 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 really sucks that Finn Balor got hurt. Finn he's Balor, actually, his his recovery is coming very. It fast. is. I just hope quickly. that they don't rush him back like they did with Daniel Bryan. I don't want him. As much as I would love to see him at the Royal Rumble, I don't want him in the Royal Too Rumble. Too soon. Too soon. He Too needs soon. to. I've I've dealt with shoulder dislocation. I've dealt I, with twelve shoulder dislocations. I deal with it every day of my life. Uh, I've. I didn't want to go for lucky number thirteen, so I had I had shoulder surgery on it, and I ended up passing out at, because of the demerol and my epileptic condition, and and uh, they they popped my right shoulder back in place. Nice. That's another story. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you, I, Taylor Hospital. <laughs> I don't want I don't want them to see I don't want to see them bring back Finn Balor too soon, but I really was happy that he won that match. And that he was going to be the guy that they were going to push, and he was going to be the face, and they were going to work storylines off of him. And you know, you could have went in a lot of different directions with him. And then I mean, he, the club was there. Yeah, the club was there, and then he legitimately got hurt. And you know, I think every WWE fan in the world had let out a collective like, "Oh no, like now what?" Because that kind of sucks. And then you know, you have you had the uh, the storylines you have now, and they're all well and good, but you know, to have a guy like him. Have a guy like him who who has a dynamic personality, you know he has that multiple, that, that multiple personality. Yeah, he has that thing going for him, and it works. It's not like he comes out, you know, like McFoley with the Cactus Jack, and you know, you know, the dude love is just like this big farce. No, like this this guy, you, he actually you actually believe that Finn Balor is like this really nice chipper guy, kind of like a, a male version of Bailey, and then he's really this demon on the other side. Like you, you truly believe that. And I don't know if it's just because he's that good of a performer, but I mean, in ring, technically, nobody can touch him. When he's on his game, nobody can really touch him. Neville can fly with him, but I mean, everything else that he does, he's he, he's a great, just overall on the mat, stand up, you know, in the air, whatever you need him to be, he does it. I think technically, the only person that can truly keep up with him is actually Seth Rollins. Yeah, Seth Rollins is is probably the best technical wrestler that they have right now. Cesaro's up there too. He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, I think that Randy Orton kind of gets a little bit underrated when it comes to the technicality of things because he knows how to do a lot. He's been around the game for a long time, and he knows he knows how to build the heat inside the match properly. Exactly, exactly. He knows what levels to take things to, how to you know get a guy over for you know a minute and then get himself back over for a minute. He's he's really good in the ring, just period. But, you know, it, like I said, they have a lot of talent, and it was kind of cool to see Randy Orton go over to the other side with the, the Wyatts, but they have a lot of talent. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, after Survivor Series what, what comes of everything because uh, this is a big, big pay-per-view. I don't know if they're billing it as big as it should be, but this is big now ever since the brand split that they're having this. You know, you got team versus team, and it's not just for – I mean, it's still for bragging rights, but, you know, it's not just, like, within the whole company. It's like, all right, well, Raw kicked your ass last time, so what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. something like that. You haven't had really had that in a long time. All right, so predictions. What do you think? So we got uh, – let's do the uh, – this. what was it? Six on six. Six on six. <sighs> Which, by the way, the new day is probably – one of the most entertaining 
outfits out there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Linda calls them the booty boys. <laughs> Perfect name for them. So you want to do the, the tag, the six on six tag? Yep. Um, Smackdown. Okay. Smackdown. Um, the five on five women. Five on five women's going to be raw. Okay. What about the men? And it's also going to be raw. And then what about, oh, and then speaking of the men, the Undertaker's announcement. Undertaker. That was awesome. I love Undertaker. I'll always love Undertaker. He's just one of those guys that no matter. Digging holes and taking souls. Yeah, like he just, no matter what he does, it's just like, dude, I love you. You're awesome. Like, thanks for coming back. I really appreciate it. I missed you. Like and, and thanks for not relegating yourself to WrestleMania. Yeah, you know that, that that's you don't want to be that guy. We didn't want you to be that guy, and I'm so glad that you're not going to be that guy because you, you lost your luster after you lost. So you can't be that WrestleMania guy. You can't be that guy that just comes back, and you know, you can't be what what they tried to turn a rock into, just like a, a pay per view guy, you know, you, or a Brock Lesnar guy. Like you can't do that. Like that's not you. We don't want to see that. We want to see you. Not maybe not night in and night out, but make your appearances. Well, like, these matches that are that are big matches that l- last for long Broadways take too much out of him because he's not a he's not a fighting entertainer. He's not a day in and day out person. No, he's he's a twenty minute intro guy. <laughs> like every WrestleMania, they do a different intro for him and Triple H. Yes, you know, like that's. It, it's just the way it is now. Like you, you come to expect that kind of stuff, and it's it's awesome. It really is. But it's nice to see the lights and grandeur of it all. But but having him to do thirty, forty, fifty minutes to kind of pull that match through, it's it's taking his. I'm surprised his body's lasted so long. For one, okay, yeah, true. And true. and two, it's taking him longer and longer to recover. Well, I mean, because he's older. Yeah. He's and he's a bigger man. I mean, look at history. Like the big guys break down easier because you're putting so much more weight and pressure on your joints, and you know to be slamming yourself into the ground when you're seven feet tall. And know. he's uh, he, and he's lightened up every year. He's he looks lighter, and I, granted, he's still got you know lean muscle. I think he's doing the DDP yoga. I think I'm, I'm being that serious. I think that he is because apparently. That's like life-saving shit. Like Diamond Dallas Page is legitimately running this yoga thing, and people are saying how great it is. I'm seriously considering Well, Jericho does it too. Jericho does it, yeah. That's why he was able to come back and still be able to do the lion salt. He actually said he actually ruptured one of his discs, and it was because of DDP yoga that he came back. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I I think that he's been – if he hasn't been doing the exact DDP, he's probably been doing something along those lines, like something so he can get his lean muscle more – um, in tune with the day-to-day grind of that stuff because you don't need to lift 700 pounds anymore. I mean, those days are over. You're, you, you're, you're still considered the best striker, as they call him, the best striker in the WWE. You know, you still do your little high-flying, like, tightrope walk, and you know, but you're, you're a guy that just takes a, a punishment and delivers it right back, I mean, and the majority you of the time, outlast. Majority of the time for The Undertaker, the, the really two or three times that he's lifting anybody, Last ride, tombstone, chokeslam. When was the last time you saw him do the last ride? Uh, he actually did win the Shane. That's right, he did do win the Shane. But before that, 
for Every, that. Everything else has been tombstones and choke slams. Tombstones and choke slams, except for Shawn Michaels. Yep, exactly. And but that's going way back. Exactly. He he he, he didn't do the last ride for a while, and he brought it back against Shane. That was a throwback match. Yep. Because I mean, look at Shane. Shane Shane ain't no young boy anymore either. He still moves around pretty well. He's still in really good shape. Like I'll tell you what, the McMahon family. I don't know what the hell they take, but even Vince. You know, he looks like shit now, but he still looks like a, a, a chiseled piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was on he was on the cover of Muscle Fitness I know. at seventy. That's insane. I know. I know. That's what it means though. I mean I whatever mean, you know, his his neck and his jawline looks like crap, but you know <laughs> Yeah. So I mean that, that he's still you know, you still see Shane. Shane's out there, he's he can still compete. He took that fall. I don't know how the hell they did that. How they they must have paid him a lot of money to do that. But he did it, so you know. You know, Vince was having a heart attack when that he knew it was coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that you know that was Shane's idea because he's like, I gotta come back and do something that would be me. Because as soon as they said it was a, a steel cage match, I knew that was happening. I it knew was it. that one was hell in the cell, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. But I mean, as soon as, you, as soon as you said anything about a cage, okay, they're going to the top, and okay, somebody's gonna fall off. Yeah, but he he's he's been accustomed to that for ever since his career started. Jeff Hardy, top rope, big show. Yeah. Off the rafters. Yeah. Kurt Angle through the glass twice. Twice. Because the twice. first one didn't break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's put himself in so many just bad situations that he's lucky that he had, one, the body that he does, and two, that the the people to actually show him how to fall. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, being around it your entire life, yeah, you, you know – what guys you can go to. You, you you don't go to the Ric Flair's for stuff like that. You go to the Dean Malenko's and the Arn Anderson's, you know, guys that maybe aren't the best in shape guys, but guys that know how to play the game, guys that know how to take the bumps, how to deliver what look like crushing blows that are really just little butterfly working, punches. Yeah, working punches. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into wrestling, no matter who you are. And to be a guy like a Shane McMahon, who, yeah, he's been around his entire life, but he's not as physically gifted as some of these other people are. For him to go in and do, and do what he did in that in that match, that was impressive. And for The Undertaker, too, for him to be at the age that he was at and still be able to perform in that match. And even the one before with Lesnar, he looked like dog shit. Dog shit. Too many, too many high spots with the Lesnar match. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. It's, it's but, no. All right, last prediction. All right. Goldberg, Lesnar. Got to go Goldberg, but it's not going to be a traditional one, two, three. There's going to be some sort of outside interference, whether it be Heyman turning or, you know. You honestly think Heyman's going to go turn on Lesnar? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know. I I don't. It's not going to be just a straightforward, oh, I I beat your ass one, two, three. That's it. There's going to be something that happens. That's my prediction. I don't know. All right. So, and the money winner. How many? How many suplexes in Suplex City? Ah, <laughs> uh, seven. 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 Lucky seven. I think. I think he's going to go for for six. It's going to be a double try. Okay. So only because. O- only because he's going to try to do it only six times. Seven. The seven just seems like a number that is you're you're missing the other two. If you're going to do seven, you might as well do the other nine. With the close clutch. Yeah, but are you talking just German suplexes or are you talking overall suplexes? Overall. 
overall, yeah, I could just see him coming with like a belly to belly suplex at some point, like a random belly to belly, just to get Goldberg off his game. Like he comes for a clothesline or something, and Lesnar just grabs him and bellies to bellies him. So we already know that Goldberg's are n- is going to have the same move set if he did in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Just slower. <laughs> uh, all of uh, seven to eight moves. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be exactly. more striking than anything else from him. I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of um a lot of post work. Like they're going to be in the corners a lot. You know that way. Yeah, he can, a lot of elbows. Yeah, a lot, a lot, lot of, of shoulders of to the midsection, and you know, elbows, and maybe some kicks to the to the lower body and stuff like that. It's, it's going to be a lot of stuff on the mat. You know, you're not going to uh, get any high flying from any either of those guys. You might get some holds. You might you know get some like low uh, low choke holds and stuff like that. But I still think. I still think Goldberg's going to take it at some point. He's going to hit it with a massive spear. He has to. If he doesn't, if there, if certain things have to happen in order for the match to even be relevant. So, <laughs> I mean, if, if they just go in there and you know Lesnar just hits him with an F five early and it's over, you're like, all right, well that was worthless. So certain things have to happen. You got to see a jackhammer. You got to see a spear. You got to see the spear. The you got to see him come and yell at the crowd and shake the ropes a little bit. You know, you got to. It's it's not just Goldberg as the wrestler. It was Goldberg the spectacle. Goldberg the guy. Because because they introed, you know, when he came back, his son being there, his wife being there. I think that's going to have a key factor ringside. That's just my, my – I, I kind of see that happening because they've already highlighted that on two different Raws. So what would make that any different? I think family's going to come into it. I think – I think comments from Paul Heyman and Lesnar are going to happen, and it's going to—it's going to cause a distraction. I can see that. I can. I think you're wrong, but <laughs> you're allowed to think I'm wrong. I know. All right, so we're probably at a—we're actually at an hour and twenty-seven, twenty-eight. There's plenty of stuff in here you can cut, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm—I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, but. Uh, I like to try to do something that's kind of like the feel-good moment uh, of the day. I kind of saw something on the internet. I didn't know if you had anything. I see feel-good stuff all the time. I could probably come up with something. So on the, um, um, what was it on on Facebook? I saw uh, Ed Sheeran give a private session to a uh, to Melody, this this child that has had almost forty brain surgeries. Uh, she can't speak. She can't, uh, you know, she can't really communicate all that well. But uh, the only thing that keeps her going is listening to his music. Wow. So uh, kudos to him for being to going like once he heard of of that th- that kind of story, you know, about her situation. Uh, did big big kudos and respect to him. Uh, you know, it gained a little bit more respect for him as, you know, just as as a general human being, you know, shows you that there's still good people out there. That's a good one. Um, what was it? I think it was a uh, Panera or Starbucks or something. I forget exactly the whole story, but there was um, a guy, well-dressed, gives a girl who's behind the counter a hard time saying that she did something wrong with either the coffee or the meal or whatever, and she's like, I'm really sorry, like, I'll fix it, and then he starts to go into this whole... I voted for Trump, or I didn't vote for Trump. I'm 
I'm not this type of person. I'm not racist. Blah blah blah. Well, the girl happens to be black, and you know he goes into this whole rant, starts calling her names and stuff like that. And the manager steps up and gets in this guy's face. He's like you don't talk to people like that. This guy's like, well, you're supposed to. No, you don't talk to people like that. He stood up for this girl in front of everybody, and everybody else is sitting there just like watching this whole thing happen. And it's like this. This guy, this really entitled, you know, he had, like, the shoulder-length blonde hair, like, the Matthew McConaughey look about him. Like, he, you know, he went and got into his Lincoln with his high-priced girlfriend. All right, all right, all right. So he was just that type of person, but to be that big of a piece of shit and just to know that there's somebody out there that, no matter what, is still going to stand up for the little person. What did race have anything to do with that? Like, like, that's what I don't get. This is, like, just because, you know, I voted this way, I voted that way, or, you know— I I don't like that music. I don't like this music. Why does race have to come into something when she already apologized? She was going to make it right, and that essentially entitled prick felt the need to make his voice that was, you know, from a human being side, wrong. Yeah, no, that's kudos to the manager for sticking up for for the employee. Absolutely, and I, I would do the same thing for you know somebody one of my employees or one of my friends that were in the same position, I refuse to let people just be talked to like they're, you know, not worth anything. But yeah, it was, it was it's really nice to know that there are, there are still people out there that despite race and creed and ethnicity and all this stuff can still, you know, believe that people are decent and stand up for those that are being wronged. That goes a long way. And, you know, going back to what you said, like why does race have to come into it? Because it's what we see. You know, they say what you see is what you get. Well, that's people take that to heart, and they believe that when they see one black person, they see them all, all the bad that they've done, all the people that have been killed, you know, in, you know, Black Lives Matter's name and stuff like that. You, that's what you have that's tangible. You know, people believe what they see. They don't necessarily believe what is behind the scenes or what is in somebody's actual heart. They only yeah, get per- what they perceptions see Perceptions the and illusions. Exactly. That's exactly exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So you, you are believing everything that you see to be, you know, gospel, when in reality it's not. And, you know, the people that are able to see past that and look on the inside and look at the situation and not just the person, that those are the people that have that get it, that get being a human, doing a human right. You know, that's that's how you are person. That's how you become more than just some guy on the street. That's when you become more than just another homo sapien. That's when you actually become a human being, when you actually give a shit about somebody that you don't know. You know what I mean? That's like you walk by down the street and you just say hi to somebody. That's being a human being. When did... So when did uh, and and this goes to to this effect? When did not trying be a better version of yourself than the previous day stop? I can't pinpoint an actual time and year, month, whatever. You can't actually pinpoint it, but I, I'm pretty sure that nine eleven had a lot to do with it. Nine eleven turned what was already a racist country in the United States into an even more racist country. And it just gave people a reason to like people that were different from themselves. And then as much as they say that they're not going to let their fear, you know, judge them or, or, or let them dictate themselves, they're actually doing the opposite by not letting fear dictate your behavior is 
not saying and uh, not being a bigot, not being a hate monger. Just because you know you're allowed to fear. Fear is fear can be overcame with perseverance, doing it the right way. Not saying you know whether someone's black, Mexican, Hispanic, Chinese, Asian, Japanese, Russian, Irish, English, Polish. Those are all like everything has a stereotype. Well, what you said was fear can be overcame through perseverance, but fear can be hidden through anger and hatred, and it's much easier to hide something than it is to overcome it. It takes less work and less fortitude to hide something than it does to rise above it. Thank you, John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) And this does it for Projangers and Wallhangers. I'm Chris Bristow. I'm Jim Leahy. Thank you, Joey Luca, for doing the Sports Minute. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. So, what happened today? We did a lot of cleaning yesterday. Dang. We did. Jang said what? Jang said what? For Jang say what? Okay, bye. Derp. <laughs> <laughs>